Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Slasher Supreme. I am your host Christopher. Before I get started, I just wanted to say I hope you guys all had a good St. Patrick's Day. I know I did. Anyways, today's reviews are going to be over The Critters from 1986 and The Prince of Darkness from 1987. Yes, a small creature feature and John Carpenter's return to independent film. Anyways, let's get into the review of The Critters, shall we? Critters was directed by Stephen Herrick. 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 I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so don't get mad at me for messing up on it. Anyways, the film opens up with a small group of little furry aliens being chased by bounty hunters after they break out of an intergalactic prison. Yes, for those of you that didn't know this, the Critters are fugitives. It works, I guess. Anyways, while on the run, the Critters crash land on Earth and begin attacking a small family. The bounty hunters, on the other hand, land like a town away, so the film goes back and forth between the critters attacking the small family and the family fending themselves, you know, fending off the critters. The bounty hunters are pretty much looking for the critters and blowing up half the town because one of them happens to have a little bit of an itchy trigger finger. And then the film ends with a climactic fight between the bounty hunters and the critters and the family caught in the crossfire and also one of the critters is gigantic so you know it just it really just hits the nail on everything it needs to be just a fun little creature feature i'm gonna talk about the creature uh critters the critters first these things are adorable i mean they're ugly as hell in the face but other than that they're adorable the little puppets they use during the um scene where they're pretty much destroying the house are just adorable and one one gets blown away by my sh uh, a shotgun in one of my favorite scenes, but I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. <laughs> These things are vicious as hell. They got a giant like jagged teeth and just lines their whole mouth. Also, they can shoot quills at paralyzed people. Um, one of the the mother gets shot in the neck and is limp for like a couple scenes in the movie because she's just out. The, what I was going to say with my favorite scene is that these critters can talk to each other. So they are chasing the family, you know, biting at them and everything. And the family gets indoors and the critters are outside trying to figure out a way in. Going back and forth going like, oh, they have weapons. And then one of them goes, well, who cares? And then the door opens and the shotgun points at the one that says, who cares? And blows them away. And he's like, there's nothing left of him. And the critter he was talking to just yells, fuck. And then they run away. It cracked me up. I had, I like rewatched that scene so many times. just because for some reason it was funny to me. On the other hand, the bounty hunters, their scenes are kind of funny because one of the bounty, there's two of them. One of the bounty hunters takes the appearance of Rockstar. I think it's like Johnny Steele or something like that. I can't remember the Rockstar's name. But he takes the appearance of him. The other one doesn't like anything so throughout the movie he takes the form of a cop a priest 
and the town drunk who's crazy and says aliens talk to him through his teeth. So it's kind of just funny how every scene you'll see him just morph his face into something else because the bounty hunters can, of course, change their faces. Kind of like face off. Face off. I trailed off there for a minute. Anyways, yeah, so those scenes are funny as well as the way they get around as they get a comp car and so they don't know how to use their vehicles. They fucking drive the thing in reverse through the whole town. So the first time you see them when they go to the church, because they attack a church, they like plow the whole front end of the church because they're going in reverse. And it it also cracked me up. I had to watch rewatch that scene a few times. The one that does change his face quite a bit, like I said, has an itchy trigger finger. So everywhere they go ends in a, like him blowing half the place up because in the church, the lady passes out after seeing him morph his face and hits an organ the guy gets freaked out and starts blowing away the you know blowing the church up pretty much and they go to a bar um like a bowling lane like bowling lane bar kind of it's there's bowling and there's a bar anyways they go in there try to figure out where the critters are one of the guys gets pissed hits him and then he ends up like blowing the fucking bar up there too so just pretty much wherever they go it's destruction they almost cause i think more damage than the critters do so, both scenes are hilarious. The movie, I will say, does get slow, and it's mainly in the beginning leading up to when the critters are revealed. It has to build character, even though you kind of don't care. Like I said, this is, some people say it's a knockoff of Gremlins, because in Gremlins you actually care about the characters. This film, I mean, you kind of do, you kind of don't. You're really there just to see the critters do shit. Compared to in Gremlins, you kind of the style is like a cute little story about a man, a kid, and his pet. Where this one, it's intergalactic fugitives that come to Earth and pretty much blow shit up and eat people. Even though there's like I think two scenes, one scene they actually eat somebody and you don't see it, and the second part is they bite into the dad. So there's actually not a lot of blood in this film it's just it seems a little bit more edgy because they cuss and things like that so <laughs> it's i would recommend it for you if you kind of want to see the edgier version of gremlins like if the gremlins actually killed people instead of just causing mischief i would say watch this i know there are f- four um other movies in the franchise now the fifth one just came out. I can't. I don't think it's Critters Five or it's Critters Five: A New Binge or something like that. The only one I've heard that's worth watching is Critters Two. So, I guess tread lightly. You know, if you're wanting to venture out into more future critter territory. The only other thing I know is that in Critters Three, that's actually the first film that Leonardo DiCaprio was in. Yes, you know, from Titanic. Actually, this movie has Billy Zane, the kind of evil guy from Titanic. You know, the one that, like, throws the... Shit, the diamond that Rose had in Jack's pocket. I can't even remember that movie. And then, actually, this film also has the mother from E.T. in it as well. So, there's some, you know, pre-fun facts fun facts for you. So, with all that being said, that is my review for The Critters. I would say come go and watch it but it's not begging you you know to come and see it it's whatever you want to do in that regards for it so 
Thank you for listening to my review of the Critters. Let's hop on over to my review for the Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness, like I said, was directed by John Carpenter. After the box office bomb that was Big Trouble in Little China, John Carpenter kind of wanted to go back to his roots, I guess you could say. He was tired of the constraints of working underneath the studio, so he went independent again. And his first, you know, independent film coming back was Prince of Darkness. The opening of this film is that a priest dies. His successor, Father Loomis, receives a diary, and a key. Loomis then uses the key to open a door, of course. Behind this door contains a giant cylinder filled with this spiraling green fluid. The priest then contacts a professor and his students to help him figure out what the hell's in this container. After you know being there for a few hours and running tests and things like that, they then realize the remains of the devil himself are in the canister. So they also realize that um, some liquid is flowing out of the cylinder. So they're trying to figure out how the hell to close it and you know prevent the devil from escaping. This film is really interesting because it mixes science and religion together. In the beginning of the film, the priest and the professor are going back and forth. The professor pretty much saying, like, you know, the devil isn't real. Well, the priest is saying, yes, he kind of is, because he's down in the basement. But this film doesn't hammer in which one is right or which one's wrong. It actually kind of molds them together so they're both right, in a sense. Because I can't remember what kind of thing John Carpenter was interested in at the time. It was like with quantum physics and all that kind of weird shit. But it was like, in this film universe, they later explained that if there is a god then there has to be, like, an anti-god because, like, each molecule has, like, an opposite molecule or atom has, like, an opposite atom. So it's kind of like that. So there is, like, a god, but there's also the anti-god. So that's kind of how the film explains it. It doesn't really go into it too much. It kind of leaves it up to interpretation in a sense. A lot of the films actually left up to interpretation, especially the ending. There's no clear-cut and dry ending as well. John Carpenter himself even said that he doesn't know the full story. He wants us to kind of figure out ourselves. This film can be looked at whatever way you want it to look at, to look at it, really. So that's one thing I really thought was neat. The other thing that I thought was neat is the effects that were used in the film. Since they were kind of on a shoestring budget, they had to shoot everything, like special effects-wise, on screen. They couldn't do it in post. So there are three things I want to talk about. One if you're grossed out by bugs in movies, you will be grossed out by this because there is a scene where there's a character who is dead outside who is then yelling at the characters inside. They look out and his body opens up and it's just bugs everywhere. And it was like the bugs were using his body as a suit because the head falls off, the arms fall out. It is disgusting, but it is super um, effective and just making you feel uneasy which is what this whole film does. It just gets under your skin. The next thing I want to talk about, and special effects-wise, is 
there is a body that is laying on a bed and that green liquid that I mentioned earlier is just flowing into the eye sockets in the mouth and of course you know it's like a mannequin but just the way it looks is just so fucking it's it's the same thing as in the fog when she's on the boat and they discover the guy with no eyes it just it looks like that I know it's, it's super cheesy but it just it creeps me the hell out last thing is I said in the previous podcast trying to give a hint to this film is the radio transmissions that when the characters fall asleep they receive these via their dreams because in the year 1999 we have mastered the technology of sending pre-recorded messages to the past apparently but these films are distorted what happened is John Carpenter shot them on it you know had them already shot and then reshot the footage like looking at the TV so it gave it like this weird distorted effect so the the visuals are creepy as shit, like creepy as hell and then the audio which is also distorted is creepy it really gets under your skin I've watched dozens upon dozens of horror movies and nothing has gotten under my skin as much like in the same vein as the dream scenes in this film it is just very very unnerving the last thing I really have to say, um, if you like Big Trouble in Little China and Halloween, there's a bunch of returning uh, there's returning characters, such as uh, the priest Loomis is played by Donald Pleasance. Um, the man that played Egg Shen is in this film. He plays the Professor Byrick. And there's one more character I can't remember who. So this is you know this has a bunch of returning characters from previous Carpenter films. I will have to say that this is probably one of my favorite Carpenter films upon seeing it. I've actually recently just seen it because I really didn't know anything about it. I had heard about it actually on rental reviews. If you guys seen the Instagram post I made, um, I watched that show quite a bit. And I heard about it, I think, back in October. I can't remember when they made that episode. And I was always curious about it, but one of my friends actually owns the movie and let me watch it. And I have to say, I love it now. And I am currently buying it so that is my personal um kind of thing on it if you if you haven't seen this movie i highly suggest you watch it it is a fantastic film it is really good if you want something different and you want to be unnerved a little bit because it's like i said there are some scenes that just get under your skin and just stay there and it's freaking amazing so yes if you haven't seen prince of darkness i highly recommend seeing it or owning it, like I'm going to. Well, that is my review for The Prince of Darkness. I will meet you guys in the outro. Before I go... Please like, share, favorite, subscribe, thumbs up, whatever you gotta do to let me know you're out there listening. Also, if there's a certain video game or a movie you would like me to review, please leave me a voice message here on Anchor or a message on the Facebook page. I will either review the movie in the next episode. The video game might take me a little bit to do because I usually try to complete them 100%. So, you know, leave me a message. <laughs> there's, like I said, something certain you want me to review. Anyways, today's movie's fun fact. I'm actually going to give two since I've done so many for freaking critters 
for whatever reason. Uh, the first film, in fact, is over the Prince of, Dar- uh, Prince of Darkness, and the movie is actually only shot in 30 days. Yes, only 30. The second fun fact about Prince of Darkness is that Alice Cooper is in the film. I had no fucking idea it was Alice Cooper. Um, he actually plays like the lead homeless person who kind of forms a mob around the church. Apparently, John Carpenter was a fan of Cooper's stage performance where he would shove a mic into somebody and actually made it into the film. But since Alice Cooper's producer was also producing The Prince of Darkness, John just asked Alice to be in the film and bam, he's in The Prince of Darkness. So that's your second little fun fact for you. Next episode that I normally always kind of either leave with you leave you with a little tidbit of kind of trying to guess it, or just final telling you, the next episode I'm going to be reviewing John Carpenter's The Thing, which is the first movie, and then the second movie is kind of up in the air. I'm actually thinking about doing a slasher film since I don't think I've really done one. I mean, you could say Hellraiser kind of, but. I'm going to let you know it's either going to be a mix. Uh, it's either going to be Friday, Nightmare, Chucky, Scream. It's something like that. So, you know, a little bit of a look into the future from the year 1999. Anyways, thank you for listening. I'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs>